Hello and welcome to episode 44 of the Are We Still Here podcast. I am Sasha. And I am Jess. And although Jess is doing an extreme endurance event tomorrow, we decided to come on the pod today and talking about, and talk about strength. Mm-hmm. Um, we're pre-recording this, as I just said, tomorrow. It's going to come out on Wednesday as normal. It is Saturday morning and we thought let's talk about how to get strong because you see a lot of podcasts and um, posts and blogs and God, everything these days about strong AF, you know, how to just don't focus on uh, weight loss and everything, just focus on getting strong. But it's like, okay, but how do I do that? Yeah, I also think that's that's like um, the buzzword terminology that we could probably get on board with without mm-hmm. it being like too like um, cliche because we're like, mm-hmm. well, yeah, you, that does make sense because stuff that does your head in is like the, I can get you... Um, I can help you drop three dress sizes without yeah. the Mackie D's that you love. Yeah. Like, you, you hate that. Whereas like the get strong thing, it's like, well, yeah, that makes sense. Like yeah. we can understand that. But the how is... Uh, Not understood uh, maybe. Yeah. By, um, by a lot of people. Because obviously one of the buzz, buzz, not buzz words, but uh, buzz terminology, <laughs> I guess, was obviously progressive overload and everyone was you know everyone writes oh let's it's just progressive overload you just got to do more and more every week and 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 everything like that and it's like there's truth in that but also it's a lot more there's a lot more to it than just adding weight every single week because you're never going to do that ever or Mm. we'd all be professional athletes um but that is the premise of getting strong it's doing more but I like to say like doing more over time Mm -hmm. So if you did, in fact, on my um, Facebook memories, which is a terrible um, thing to look at most of the time, um, it came up six years ago yesterday, April 1st, I did my first ever 100 kilo deadlift. Mm. And I remember that moment. I was in Virgin Active in Manchester and I remember I did it and I couldn't believe it because I wasn't expecting it. And then I ran outside and I I called my mum and I was like, mum. I just deadlifted a hundred. She was like, oh my God, no way. And it was like, and that is what I can get on board with. Like that feeling that was obviously a long time ago, like that the feeling is like, it's like euphoric almost because a hundred kilo deadlift for, for a, a woman is like a, it's a milestone. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, my, my client, Rebecca, I remember when she first got it. Um, my client, uh, my old client, Nikki, I remember when she first got it. It's like, it's just I don't know it's just something that is it's very hard to achieve but it's achievable for for a lot of people yeah with with time consistency patience all the generic buzzwords it is isn't it but like you've got to be willing to like put in the work for it absolutely and that work is not easy at the beginning um it's very repetitive um a lot of people think they can push past where they currently are and just go oh no let's just do it and it's like yeah um you probably could yank that bar off the floor and pick it up and get it to the top but if you looked at I always say like if you looked at a video of yourself doing it and it looks like shit would you be satisfied and my answer and I'm I'm sure yours just would be no yeah it would it, be like, oh, well, I, I technically lifted it up, but it looked a bit shit. And I don't know, I went a bit wonky on there and uh, my back was all over the place and I didn't lock out properly. That's one of the benefits of, um, one, filming yourself. Yeah. I'm sure, like as much as some people might be like, oh, it's a little bit self-indulgent. It's literally not. the best way to like amend your technique. Mm-hmm. But also um, such a good way to get um, good at being... Um, like self-evaluation or like self-critical in a mm-hmm. positive way because like often like when we talk about health and fitness like oh god I talk about with my clients all the time like lack of self-belief like self-doubt like putting yourself down like that's an element where it's like geez like yeah it's going to be hard work if you're always in that frame of mind yeah. yeah if you're giving yourself constructive criticism on things like lifts you also then get into this whole um really enjoyable journey which is like you invested in the process of like I acknowledged that that wasn't good in that area that point whatever and Mm -hmm. I made it better 
and it's like oh that's nice that's really that's that's a good feeling absolutely and that is progressive overload doing a one rep of an ugly 100 kilos and then six months later doing a very nice clean kind of easy-ish rep at 100 kilos that's progressive overload but yeah. a lot of people will know it's still 100 it's like no your your one rep of 100 looks loads better and it looks like you you put everything into it but it didn't look like it was the end of your world like the last one and I think that's what we forget is we're constantly looking at like um total volume um and progressive overload in adding to that sum when really doing something better than you did before is progressive overload it's doing more over time yeah but we forget that because again we just I don't know what it is in our heads but we're just so obsessed with numbers whether it's heart rate whether it's what's on the bar whether it's your weight whether it's your measurements whether it's oh god I mean there's loads of stuff it's like time duration time duration yeah and it's like we get so caught up in the numbers we body autonomy like just flies away and just it's out the window and it's like not even present in what actually it's like anymore same same with like like you said there like you could do 100 kilo deadlift it looked like shit but you could save on 100 kilos right you could say it absolutely don't go question you on it if they've not seen the evidence if you're like well I lifted it up off the ground however you did it in the same breath of someone could be on 1500 calories and it's mm-hmm. like yeah they could be hitting that number but they could be starving yeah they could be malnourished they could be um like missing out on key vitamins for their body yeah hundred calories of mac is a day oh god yeah do you know what I mean like it, they could be and yeah. they could be saying, I'm hitting a 1500 calorie target on side this side and on the other side I'm hitting 100k deadlift it's like doesn't matter how messy it is because the numbers are there yeah exactly into the untrained eye and if you're telling your friends about it or if you it's like yeah but I did 100 it's like yeah but oh my god if I did my 100 like well I think the heavy side I got to <laughs> I think it was 110 kilos on a deadlift I think I nearly popped like popped part of my brain out <laughs> I genuinely remember being like, I nearly passed out then. That nearly yeah. sent me west. Yeah. If I looked at the technique on that now. I didn't record it, but I probably would have been like, whoa, that was actually hella dangerous. What was Yeah. You yeah. But yeah, we just get attached to progression. Progression almost becomes like addictive when we're, we're when that's all we're focusing on. Yeah. And we're like, go on, I just want to do it. I just want to. And I've heard people say, I just want to do it so I can say I did it. And it's like, that's funny. Isn't it? I know yeah. that that's a really common thing isn't it yeah I just want to say I've done it it's like okay so you it's almost admitting the extrinsic thing there because it's like you do you want to say it to yourself or do you want to be able to tell people that you did it yeah that's interesting isn't it? yeah I've heard that I've heard people say that a lot as well I just want to do it oh I just want to do it so I could say that I've done it and it's just like mm, uh, yeah but don't you want to do it well like I remember Nikki my client um I trained her for years she and she was a really natural at weightlifting. She said and I remember the other week, uh, last episode. About building. Yes. Yeah. And um she she did a hundred kilo squat and she did it when I was there. And I remember being like, she was like, Oh my god, I did it. And I wasn't like celebrating. I was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> and she was like, What? I was like, it's not good enough. And not in like a me being a bitch like it's not good enough but well, I filmed it as well because obviously I wanted her to see it and so I was I was happy for her because she did it so I knew that she could make it better but then we watched the video and I was like are you happy with that and I didn't say anything and she was like no I'm not happy with it and I was like okay well that's for today I'm not going to make you do it again but we know that you can move that weight but I would if someone asked you what your one rep max is on back squat I wouldn't say it was a hundred and she was like, no, because it's not good enough. And that's just her great mindset again, because there was nothing, there's no rush. She didn't have a powerlifting competition to do. Mm-hmm. Don't get wrong, she ended up doing 110 beautifully, like maybe a year later. But it was like, are you, do you just want to lift that weight or do you want to be satisfied that you did it well? And I think there's two kinds of people there. Some people don't care. I don't think, and I think that's totally fine. If you literally don't care and you just want to throw some weight around, then go for it. Yeah. But there are people out there, myself included, you know, I did um, 
it's, it's funny because when I did my 130 at that powerlifting comp, it got red lighted. And I was like, why did it get red lighted? Because uh, I did like a little funny, like a hitch thing. So I got it to like my mid thigh and then I like went like that, which pulled the weight up and they said, you're not allowed to do that. And I looked at the rep back and I was just like, no, I think if that was me in the gym, I would have hundred percent. It wasn't ugly. It was just a little bit of a hitch, which is just a role in that sport. Yeah. But no, I, I could happily look at that and be like, no, if I did that in the gym on my own, I would have counted it. So I, so although it didn't count in the, the comp, it counted in my head. Yeah, and this is where I think it comes down to the person as well, right? So when it comes down to certain sports like that, and if yeah. you're competing, it's like a, a no rep. So you've got to be on the nose if you're taking it to a competitive level because there are set rules in place. However, only for certain sports, not for every sport. Let's take running for an example. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter how you get across that finish line as long as you do it the fastest. However, intrinsically, if you want to do that, like we've said before, without injury, without feeling like you need to recover for two weeks afterwards, mm-hmm. then that's on you. That's on nobody else. You might go, oh, I don't care. I don't care that I can, um, I just go, and like kill myself off and it takes me two weeks I'm not bothered like oh leave it all on the line rah, 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 whatever you say <laughs> like it's, it, that's that's a that's a different thing that's on you that's not on nobody else right because if you've got a coach your coach will tell you that but if you just go and do it anyway that's like literally that's your choice yeah uh, when you take it to a point like what Sash was saying about like a powerlifting comp like you've got to be very specific um and it just comes down to like do you want to do it right or do you just want to get it done? Yeah. Yeah. And I think the people that just, well, this isn't, I'm not talking negatively about these people, but the people who just want to get it done tend to be very attracted to short term, you know, like immediate goals. Yeah. 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 And I, like I just said, I'm not like saying that there's, there's, lo- there's plenty of these people. If I was, if I was bad mouthing them, I'd be bad, bad mouthing half of the population, which I'm not. Um, but it tends to be those people who just, you know, want something like it's there and they just want it. But then obviously the people who tend to do the nicer reps and and the, the, the thing is with that is that I wish I could explain a graph, but it would be quite tough is that we talk about maximum physical potential. And if you build nice and slowly and, and you, and you perform the reps well and you rarely go to failure apart from when it's programmed your event your your the the weight that you'll eventually hit which will be your one rep max or your expression of absolute strength will be a lot higher in your life so let's say you just nail it and you just go oh I'm just gonna I'm gonna max out every month blah blah, blah. okay let's say let's just use Nikki as an example say she did 100 kilos and then we didn't really work on it but then she did 105 it looked pretty ugly and then she managed 110 but it was a dog's dinner um and then obviously her back was fucked or whatever and then she had to go back and then so in her life 110 is probably the max she'll hit but if we didn't do that and if we did a proper strength phase programs recovered deloads all that then in her life, 125, 130 might be her maximum physical potential because she's doing it in a safer, more progressive way. That's what I always find fascinating as well, maximum physical potential. Mm. Because you don't know, right? You don't know. Absolutely, you don't know. You don't know. And it's not in everyone's desires to, to hit that. And it's like when you're an athlete, that maximum physical potential comes a lot sooner because you're doing a lot more extreme things. And then you obviously get that decline a lot sooner. But they're and, okay with that and you can also apply like periodization with a program yeah. if it's someone's full-time job right if it, they're yeah. an athlete yeah you know exactly what they're doing and when like it's quite hard it is quite hard to periodize gen pop because there's so many other external factors at play exactly and then you've got to ask the client if you know for example for me I think that that was probably my the max I'll ever hit that one thirty, and I don't really think I'll do it again because yeah, I did it, and I was proud of myself, but I don't have the desire to to put myself through that kind of training again, which is which is totally fine. Yeah, see, I used to love that, like, and I don't know whether I would now. I guess the only way would be to to, mm. to, to get another go, but 
like I used to be like oh, I love lifting heavy like I love yeah. really heavy squats whereas now I'm like yeah, <laughs> well, I was, yeah I was obsessed with it but yeah. then I, I, might, I might do it's just times change don't don't mm. they so. but strength is is relative you know that you, you you've got people who can do like a really a massively heavy deadlift and then couldn't do a 20 kilo goblet squat you got people that um could do a really really heavy back squat and couldn't do a set of five pull-ups it's like strength is relative to what you you know when I did it I was on focusing on deadlift so much because I'm a natural deadlifter I've got long legs relatively um short torso it was just it just happened nicely and I was able to progress but with like bench press for example oh my god it never got there but you're really strong at pressing so you're you're um only because I spent some time on it like Mm. I probably went like in a year from maybe bench pressing like 35 kilos Mm. like 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 as a comfortable place um to like not one at max maybe Mm. like you know three sets of eight or something Mm. to like I think I got maybe I think I maybe got to to body weight which is quite like about like 58 kilos yeah one which is in a year though Mm. that was also because I'd never invested any effort onto bench Mm. so it was almost like I had beginner's gains but on bench yeah. Whereas that big jump for something like squat or deadlift would never happen to me now. Mm-mm. Yeah. Because it's already, like, you know what I mean? It's, it's it, 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 like, I just didn't do anything. I hated training. I didn't hate training, like, any push Low, Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. And also, then you've got to look at the sport. So, obviously, as we're talking about strength and one rep max, is the sport of a one rep max is essentially powerlifting. Or also, weight or weightlifting, isn't it? So when you did your powerlifting meet, <laughs> what other things did you have to do apart from the training itself to be able to perform? I ate everything. <laughs> what did you say the other day? Deadlifts and donuts. Oh god, tragic. Um I <laughs> tragic. How <laughs> tragic. <laughs> no, it, it you know why? It's because without without going too deep, it's like I was, I was in my mid twenties and I'd been in fitness already for a long time. And I was just struggling to find my place in, in fitness and what I wanted to, to do. And because I was young, more extreme things were in my head. So obviously when I first got into it, it was all about, um, watching Amanda Latona and, um, uh, uh, what's what's her name? Brooke. What? Sounded like it was a it was a, a Spanish dish that you just said. <laughs> you Google Amanda Latona. She was um she won the Bikini Olympia like 15 years ago. I, me and my mum absolutely loved her. She, That's quite funny. When 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 you type her in Google or when you type her in like yeah. right at the top, underneath it, you know, it like comes up straight away like what it is or who yeah. it is. Yeah. It says Amanda Latona and then it says Steve Kulko's wife. <gasps> It is Steve Cook, Cookler's wife. He was a bodybuilder as well. I know. Like, I wonder if I type his name in. Yeah, Amanda Latona's husband. <laughs> Cookler. No, it doesn't. Yeah, of course it doesn't. But Amanda Latona was, uh, me and my mum actually met her at Body Power. This was, oh my God, honestly, this was like in my early 20s. And I remember being like, oh my God, mum, it's Amanda Latona. And we had our photos taken with her and we were like, oh my God. And, and that was like, my extreme thing then was like wanting to be like her and then when I lost interest in the like the dieting and whatever like a lot of people do there's there's a huge thing in the fitness industry when people train for aesthetics and then they get they notice that it's making them feel like shit and then they go immediately to like getting as trying to get as strong as possible in powerlifting mm-hmm. and that's exactly what I did so I was like no fuck that um, I don't care what I look like. Uh, it's all about what you can do in the gym. It's not the number on the scales. It's the number on the bar. Blah, 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 blah. When it when that's fine, it's probably a healthier way of looking at things. It's still an extreme. Um, and that's what I did. But I was all I was in the mindset of, okay, well, I need to lift this. And I'm in that weight category. So I need to be at the I need to be in that, you know, I can't be at the lower end of that weight cat- category because otherwise I, you know, I won't be stronger than the other girls in my thing. And I was six kilos heavier then. Six, six, yeah, about six kilos heavier. Um, 
there's a, there's a certain point, isn't there? Again, like we spoke about last week around yeah. set point theory, but there's a certain point where it's like it's just unnatural to be. That was for me. Yeah, like just unnatural to be eating that much. Like I said to you, like sometimes I just don't even have like much of an appetite. Yeah, and, 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 I, and I totally get it. Like if you want to get strong, yeah, you're gonna have to yeah you're have to eat. It's like we said the other day about the marathon. If I wanted to perform well in my runs, I had to stop going drinking as much on a weekend. It's like the sacrifices you have to make. Yeah, and some people be like might be like. Well, I love eating. It's absolutely fine, isn't it? But tell me that when you've been doing it for like 12 weeks straight, forcing your oh. meal six of the day down. Oh my God, it's awful. And you know what? A lot of people say, oh no, I'd love that because I can never stop eating life. I've got this. It's like, okay, you try and eat a thousand calories more than you are, but don't eat shit food. Yeah, don't eat anything that um, doesn't give you any nutrients. No, nope. you try that. I like, guarantee yeah, after a while you will be in hell and it is it is not nice and you have to remember that with when you train in the heavy rep ranges with the fives and the threes and the ones there's a certain amount of inflammation that happens just because your body is like what is it it is so stressful so that with the silly amount of food I just became like this bubble of don't get wrong I was strong you know like that um what's that stuff that you can buy at supermarket marshmallow fluff (laughs) (laughs) that was me but but I wasn't I wasn't that consistent I wasn't yeah but if you saw me you wouldn't think I was big because I wasn't I was I was like solid but I know what you mean bigger yeah and it's, um because it's like not actual it's yeah not it's you it's like condensed yeah exactly no no it's good and that's exactly what I was like and at the time I was like yeah you know thick with two c's and I was like <laughs> 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 and I was like my my core like I didn't have abs at all but it was like kind of like round but hard like a like a very small beer belly and I was just like yeah I'm so strong <laughs> um but now I look back and I just think, God, I felt absolutely, I felt absolutely terrible. I was hurting all the time. I just was, yeah, I was sore. I wasn't sleeping very well. I was like, my appetite was all over the place. So I was like, because I was eating more than I needed. So my body was like, where's hunger? <laughs> Hello. Uh, so it's just like, I think going to like getting strong doesn't have to be doing a powerlifting competition no getting getting strong could be taking somebody who um who has had a knee operation Mm -hmm. um and getting them to be able to do Mm -hmm. a lunge two years down the line yeah that That is strength absolutely because I know people that are strong these days they can't fucking do lunges very well that's what I mean it's like it's and it's all very individual and I think that's it when if someone ever says oh my goal is I want to get stronger I want to get strong it's like okay tell me what that means to you well and they might just kind of maybe still go around the houses a little bit before they get to it but then they might go do you know what um I uh I've had this one with a client before Mm -hmm. went on a hen do um I went on one of those, like, it was an inflatable thing in, like, one of the lakes, you know, it was like... Oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Outdoorsy Hindu she went on, and it was like, they had a big inflatable water thing, and what the hell is it called? A water inflatable? Why can I not get um, No, on? they're called, it's like a, um, it's like an assault course, but on the yeah, water, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. And she was like, to me, I couldn't get out of the water. She's like, I couldn't push myself up out the water. Oh, she couldn't that. climb onto it. Yeah, she was like, and I just realised how weak I am in my upper yeah. body. And stuff like that would be really important for me. And no, she's not going to go do that every weekend. And and neither is she probably going to do it for probably like another year or two. But she was like, that really highlighted to me where I am, don't feel very strong. So yeah. that would be a combination of like, okay, well, what, what does that mean? Well, maybe she's not very strong in her upper body. She's not very strong at pushing. But also maybe if there is a factor of her weight involved as well, because you've got to remember as well, like there's a reason like chicks who are like 50 kilos can whack out like 100 pull-ups it's because of 50 kilos like <laughs> not lifting that much on the bar like that and that's not me discrediting it at all because no still hard it. but it's easier but it's one of the it's one of the exercises where if you weigh less it's going to be easier like it's it's one of those things um Absolutely. so it's taking all these things into consideration it's like oh, well what does that mean yeah we can get a better push in but to be able to lift yourself up on something is, is bloody hard. Like I've got a few clients doing tough mudder this month, and mm. 
like you are you're doing a lot of hiking yourself up and over of stuff like luckily there's other people to help you out when you're five foot three and there's a six foot fence <laughs> coming at you. yeah exactly so that, that's what you have to remember as well it depends if you wanted to get strong at deadlift bench and squat then being heavier might favor you if you want to get good at the more gymnastic body weight stuff pull-ups dips um slopes yeah stuff like that like then being lighter I said this to my client Claire the other day that we're talking about pull-ups I was like the best way to do pull-ups is to lose five to ten kilos (laughs) (laughs) and then with bench press I just I know I'm not a massive fan of Brett Contreras but I remember he said um the best way to add 10 kilos to your bench is to gain 10 kilos and it's like so then you're like obviously that's you know you don't have to do that but to get insanely strong you've got to be you've got to be dense and willing to put the hours in and and that doesn't mean that no one can do it that just means that pick the strength that is suitable for you so if I have girls doing they want to get good at deadlifts I usually say let's aim for like a heavy five Mm. because a heavy five is so much it, it it's something you can train for with a normal life yeah you know because if you can with the heavy five it's like if you can lift it once then usually because girls that have um we are more natural at doing a high percentage of our one rep max for more reps so for example if my one rep max deadlift was 120 I could probably do eight at 100 but if a boy's one rep max was 120, they could probably do three at 100. We have the ability to have that strength endurance over a man, it, but but they are much better at the one rep maxes, as in they they could obviously, but they could um, go a lot heavier, but they couldn't do the volume for reps. And endurance as a whole, right? There's loads of research into this. The same mm-hmm. same in running. It's like the the further you get in distance, the closer the gap is between male and females it's like the distance like we said this the other week and we're like mm-hmm. 100 meters it's like quite a big distance in a real say it's oh god i don't know say it's like 20 percent or something mm-hmm. then meter sprint but when you get to like marathon and then even ultra marathon all the way to ultra marathon it's only only like three percent difference yeah. or something because women yeah. are better at going for longer we are better maybe it's a mental thing <laughs> maybe it is a mental we thing. don't it's th- also th- down to like fuel source isn't it how women yeah absolutely um yeah I find that god I find that so interesting I think women are better at using carbohydrates aren't they yeah and we could as a fuel source yeah there's so much in that that, that's super interesting I do that's it does fascinate me and also I wonder like biologically like why that design is yeah why like wherever the hell we came from (laughs) why why is that the reason i need to know now (laughs) (laughs) so talking about strength okay so let's take case study of a made-up lady she has been focusing on weight loss and how she looks and whatever and now she's like you know what i kind of want to put that on the back burner because it's destroying me mentally and Mm -hmm. i'd like to just focus on my ability and um what i can do in the gym and I want to focus on getting stronger for a bit a very common goal that I hear would you say the same yeah yeah very sure. very common very common so say this lady comes in let's call her <laughs> let's call her Peggy oh why do we go for these names because I, I saw my client yesterday and she she's five months pregnant and um we were talking about how we like old-fashioned names at the minute and she was like yeah for a girl like I quite like Peggy and I was like I like Peggy this isn't a name reveal <laughs> no she's actually a boy so it's not gonna oh, be okay. called Peggy um but I was like she was saying she likes Peggy and I said that I liked Vivian from Pretty Woman and Dan said I fucking hate the name Vivian um but let's call her Peggy for the sake of this <laughs> so yeah. Peggy Peggy um comes in and the first thing I would do is find out if there's anything she specifically wants to get strong at so her version of strength she might be like oh I really want to do some I really want to get strong on one leg okay that's that's <laughs> well, that's that's great 
Are you auditioning to be a flamingo, Peggy? <laughs> What's the crack? Peggy the flamingo. Oh, it fits really well. Um, <laughs> or it could be deadlift or pull-ups or bench press or whatever, dumbbell press, anything. And small caveat there is um, it, if you don't know what you want to get strong at straight away, that's also Oh, fine. yeah, that will come. That's usually, um, oh, excuse me, I'm yawning. That's usually um, when you start doing that. Yeah, exactly. So let's say we do some basic strength stuff. She's she's four months in or whatever. And then, she, you know, we notice that she's got quite a long torso and short legs and she finds the squatting movement like relatively natural. And there's not a lot of uh, constraints and cues we have to do enabled to get her to squat well. Why are you laughing? Can I just say that you know when you talk about like limbs, which I know is a normal thing, yeah, in our job. But it's like, can you imagine in real life if you ever said to anyone, "You've got a really short torso and quite long legs," they'd be like, "Fuck you." <laughs> my torso is like three inches long. I swear, from my from um my the you're bottom just, of my rib cage. You're just a head on. Uh, I'm like, a head on legs, <laughs> on like a lapel. Yeah, literally. Oh, you, you know on Toy Story when they go over to Sid's house and all those horrible toys come out the sofa and there's like Barbie legs with a head That's <laughs> me. <laughs> but I just know um uh, someone I worked with in Saudi Rob he was he was he came out of his mum's vagina ready to squat <laughs> he had like his legs are like four, four inches long and his torso was like <laughs> me and I remember seeing him <laughs> just thinking fucking hell and then when he did a back squat I was like it literally looks like this this should be a full-time job to squat <laughs> and yeah. he was very good at squatting his leg endurance was stupid I remember just thinking how are you how are you doing that mm. and um he was squatting 210 kilos like and he was staying perfectly upright and it was just like you but his deadlift wasn't very good you're made for squatting he yeah so his, his he really his functional um forgotten the word now functional fucking hell structural (laughs) balance as in like what we would look at as a squat deadlift bench press snatch clean and jerk whatever his was wasn't very good because his deadlift was almost well it was less than his squat which is unheard of um so anyway back to Peggy so Peggy's like Rob Peggy's got short legs long torso um and she's got one yeah and she and so she she really likes squatting because she feels really good at it and she is so we say okay so for our strength we're gonna we're gonna build up to a heavy five front squat you know way further down the line because she never even front squatted yet um the first thing we want to do is build is make sure her motor control is there so can you squat really well can you do a let's say a 20 kilo goblet squat for 20 reps at a three, one, one, one tempo rest and do it again. And it looked the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sweet. Your muscle endurance and is there, like you've got it. And then obviously we'd probably, I'd probably then get her used to having like a, a weight here on, you know, up near your neck, which is really uncomfortable when you start um, front yeah. rack kettlebell. Maybe I'd have her doing front rack, farmers carries I'd have her doing a lot of um active active hangs and 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 hollow work um quad. A lot of people struggle with loads of people front rack position is actually just getting like the the positioning right for their wrists for like feeling stacked in the core for feeling like that because it, it's an unusual sort of movement um, to be able to do in life really like well yeah. I say to be able to do in life but yeah if you're carrying stuff to and from your car and stuff yeah of course you're going to be doing yeah front weighted stuff but very rarely do you hold anything position that like compromises your your wrists because mm-hmm. you would always choose to favor it in like maybe like a cup position with your yeah. hand or something like that so even just getting that and again when you see first start people's uh, front squatting they're like, I had my wrist. And it's like, they're squatting with their arms, not squatting with their legs. And I mean that in the sense exactly. that they're like bicep curling it in a front rack position. Yeah, and their forearms are blowing up. Yeah, and like, oh my God, God, it really hurts, doesn't it? And you're like, yeah, it does when you hold it like that. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's brutal. Exactly. You can, you can tell I'm in the right job because I literally was just getting excited then thinking about how I'd program for Peggy and she doesn't even exist. Peggy, right. Peggy, 
Peggy. Um, so yeah, so Peggy can do a 20, uh, two sets of 20 goblet squat, 20 kilo, three, one, one, one tempo. Um, and then uh, we've got her doing front rack carries, which will get her used to carrying weight on the front, but it's also lots of upper back work and core. I'd probably having I'd probably have her doing some zercher holds because it it forces it forces you to use your core in that position when a lot of people can't. So sometimes you want to add a constraint that like you got no choice now. Your core's on. Yeah. You got no choice. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's on. Remember when I gave you those and you were like, "Ah, oh, my elbows." <laughs> yeah yeah i did yeah. you have to have a pad you have to have a pad yeah yeah um oh yeah they were awful and again it was it, it took me back to like when i first started squatting because it yeah. was like that sort of burning sensation where you, your body's like this doesn't feel natural i don't like this no exactly um zercher holds i'm just trying to think i'd have a doing single leg work um you know split squats lunges whatever leg press to get some volume in without loading the spine um god i can think of so, so many things then, so if she wants to get say she's starting from complete novice quite unbalanced on one leg uh, say time frame mm-hmm. her definition of strong yeah and your definition of strong what would you define as strong in her instance she said i want to get stronger yeah what say that is what would as a coach you go yeah you're strong there now and also what would you say the duration of that is for someone to get there god it's it's completely up to her she her peggy might say um oh i'd love to be able to do a front squat with 30 kilos for five reps which for a beginner is extremely good but then a lot of the time you discover someone's potential through coaching them yeah so you're like so she she might because also because she's a novice and she doesn't really know she might get up to 30 kilos for five in training and not in still not even realize it yeah that's happened before loads of times right and I think that's what's really nice is when when people don't know like total beginner don't know what they're necessarily good at and it's like um as a coach when you see their potential starting Mm -hmm. to unravel and you get giddy you're like yeah you're like do you know that you're good at that and they're like and you like get so giddy I get so um yeah I can think of so many things I get too like Kagan my client who's just opened a gym in Hyde she she was Kagan my lovely client has just opened so if you live in the Denton Hyde area she's opened um her gym with her fiance and it's called Woods Gym um she it's like a I think it's PT in small groups so if you're in that area and you're looking for someone to do one-to-one coaching or small group coaching is the gym is so nice that looks I was drawling it is just uh, the reception area so yeah there's a plug for Kagan's gym um she was doing some 14 kilo like lovely just just uh dumbbell presses and I was just like staring at her um so that was me getting excited being like you just did it for 12 like this is amazing I can think when Gemma was doing her um 90 kilo deadlifts I was like, and she does a ridiculous press it's just these people don't Kagan probably does because she's a coach but but these other clients don't realize that like their their progression and their ability to be strong comes before they reach their numbers because like your numbers just become part of your training then. And then yeah. it's just there. And they're like, Oh shit. You know, I wanted to do uh 20 kilo in each hand dumbbell press. Um, well, yeah, I, I did it in my training and I'm just like, yeah, because you've worked for it and that's what happens. It's just the natural progression if you're doing the work. And that's, what's exciting about the whole get strong principle is like, um, so many people don't realize that they've got that in them because they never do those things, mm-hmm. right? How many, how many people before stepping foot into a gym or starting to train? I know like we don't always have to be in a gym, but mm-hmm. starting to train, um, like realize that they're great at overhead pressing. Yeah. Unless unless you literally work as like a flight attendant, you're yeah. not clean and pressing anything day to day. Do you no. know? You get all of a sudden you're like, oh God, I'm, I'm actually quite good at this. And that's really great for me to know for I don't know the future um like because then you can also start to 
um, realize what's important to you in regards to mm -hmm. strengths, weaknesses, um, things that you might naturally have a really great talent for. Yeah. Um, if that's interesting, do you know what I mean? Like somebody who's got great upper body strength and it's like, they've never considered rock climbing. And no. then all of a sudden they're like, do you know what? I'm actually, I can, I've, I've actually got really great grip strength. I can yeah. pick myself up from boulder to boulder. I'm going to give it a crack. All of a sudden they find mm -hmm. a hobby that they love. Like, great. Like, that's exactly. amazing. Yeah, so much, so much can come from it in which they don't even realise. And how old's Peggy? How old are we saying Peggy is? Peggy is 42. 42. That's weird. I had, I was thinking mid-40s. So Peggy's 42. We're six months in. Um, she's she's goblet squatting like a dream. Um, she has that goal of that 30 kilos. Um, but within a year, she was doing sets of front squats with 25 kilos and they looked really nice. So we know that her maximum physical potential is way more than 30 kilos for five. It's still a goal and she's really enjoying squatting. Um, and there's going to be plateaus in there. Don't get me wrong. Peggy's uh, daughter's getting married. I don't know. <laughs> you know, and there's lots of prep with that. She misses some. But as long as we just keep that squatting movement in there now and then, like she's, she's going to be fine. And then so Peggy's 42 when she starts. So Peggy's 45 now. Um, and Peggy's just did a five sets of five at 45 kilos. So she's absolutely buzzing. Um, and then we start incorporating more um, heavier front squats and safety bar squats because she can now, because she's got that, um, she's got that pattern in her. She understands the movement and yes. she understands the tempos. For anyone who's a client then, or for anyone who is not a client of ours or like wants mm. to, um, who's coaching themselves basically mm. it's like how do you know when it's the time to move on to something new right mm -hmm. without the without the eye of a coach I think Ooh. that's quite a difficult one and it's like it's 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 um it's like that self-assessment is quite tricky and this is why people get coaches right because mm -hmm. you sometimes need that extra guidance on how did it feel how did it look um like all those other elements that we just rush through life and go, I just did an hour in the gym. I just did three sets, whatever. I just cracked on. I just, whatever, you know yeah. what I mean? What I always did. Like how many, how many people go to the gym and do the same routine yeah. for like the same everything forever. Yeah. And it's like great for them in regards to maybe general health and fitness, yeah. um, like just day to day movement. But in regards to what we're talking about today, like strength, yeah. not going to get, not going to get there. No, that's that's a really good question. How do you know if you're? I don't know. I don't know if there's necessarily an answer for it, but it, it's it's one of those things that I think a lot of people will ask um, because I think there's a lot of caveats to it. I say caveat quite a lot on this pod. I'm sure like, Just caveat neary. Just caveat neary. That's not my middle name. What's yours? <laughs> is Maria? Huh? My mine's <laughs> Maria. Mine's what? Eve. Eve, is it? Hmm. Is it really? I like that. Uh, mine's, mom, mine's Peggy. <laughs> mom and dad basically said they called me Eve because I was born in the evening. <laughs> which I'm like, Sue and Pads, right? What if I was born in the morning? I was absolutely screwed. Jessica, <laughs> morn. What? I what? love that. I thought it was going to say, oh, yeah, something to do with, I don't, I don't know, Adam and Eve or <laughs> grandma was called like, Eve. She's yeah, born, so your name's Jess Lunch Neary because she was born at lunchtime. <laughs> Honest, I'm like from a Catholic family, so maybe there's something in there from my yeah. dad. Yeah, but maybe. No, yeah, if I was born at lunch, absolutely. Although it would have been very no, if I was born at breakfast, very apt favorite meal of the day. Yes, brekkie neary. <laughs> that's gonna. I'm gonna change your name on my in my phone to Jess Brecky neary. That's so good. Um, I think. How do you, I think it's a good thing to, to talk about because there's a lot of people out there that are doing just this. So I think it'd be a good thing to um to cover. Okay, so one, you need to know, you need to find out if you're moving well. Ask a friend, ask a PT at the gym, look at loads of videos. Because obviously if you're, say you were, let's just use front squat because we're on it. Let's say you weren't squatting to parallel and you were going down and then kind of pushing your the weight back up not with your legs kind of with your back and your hips but but because that's how you've been doing it 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 feels right to you 
obviously you would think, okay, it's time to build the weight. So the issue with that is that in that position, there's only so strong you can get before you physically can't carry the weight on your front because you'll be fold, you'll be folding in half. Yeah. yeah. Um, so which is that's why position is super important, which is why I think goblet squats, if if you want to be able to squat and move well, their goblet squats are just king, in my opinion. Um it's hard because I don't want to say like on your own it you just you do just need to find out if you're doing it right though do you not think yeah yeah so again this is where where a coach comes in which is helpful and the challenge is there's so much content out there which is telling people to squat different ways yeah it gets confusing um and this is why like having somebody who's working with you on an individual basis can understand the um, functionality of your body mm-hmm. and like for example like Sash said earlier if you've got certain like length limbs we can take that into consideration of that's just how they move it's not yeah. like it's wrong it's just mm-hmm. that that's the way that you move you yeah. will differently to somebody else who do you know what I mean like we're mm-hmm. all aiming for a nice deep squat but it's like it might be more difficult for somebody else and that might be their full potential and then that might do you know what I mean it's all these sort of contributing little factors isn't it yeah um, so it would be like doing the research on um and there's nothing wrong as well by the way if you've if you built up and you've got to like a certain point and you think oh, i'm ready to layer on some more intensity some more volume um then there's nothing wrong with going but i don't know if i'm doing it right let me drop down the weight for a sec mm-hmm. let me try three different variations of stuff that i've learned yeah and just see what feels better yeah what feels right some of it might not always feel right because like we said you might have been squatting your way for so long that anything else feels wrong whereas actually sometimes it's trying to teach our body to move in a different way to accommodate further potential in the future mm-hmm. yeah absolutely taking taking one step back to move eventually two steps forward is like like what we were saying at the beginning just like less is more when the less is going to make your the future of your whatever you're trying to pursue like a lot better Mm -hmm. I've done it god I've done it with loads of stuff I've gone I when I was focusing on squatting and stuff like I went back to the bar like a million times to to, because I was like this I don't know it just feels shit when now I know that it was because (laughs) they're all just free and I think that's as well it's like a lot of it we speak about it um, often which is like ego which is like it's dropping your ego if you've always been in the gym and you've always been lifting a certain weight if you've been running you've always been running at a certain pace takes quite a little bit of like uncomfortableness to go right I need to take a step back to move forward and especially in the world that we live in which is very number driven like you appearing on Strava a minute (laughs) and a half slower than what you normally run yeah resisting the urge to say had to go slower today because of just <laughs> couldn't go heavy today guys yeah uh, and I've got I'm a bit under the weather um full of cold yeah. uh, the wind was against me whatever it was, we all do it everyone's yeah. like it's, it is what it is but it's kind of been humble enough to go this is for me I'm doing this for me not for anybody else not for a number don't mind taking a step back to go forward and, and, and if you are coaching yourself that's a difficult conversation to have yeah, and if you've been coached with someone, a good coach will guide you through that that uncomfortableness and the awkwardness. And yeah. if you're a good client, you'll listen and take it on board because it's hard. It's really it's hard. It's so hard. It's so hard. And, you know, like, obviously, as we were talking about the powerlifting and stuff, like, I've done that. I was, there, there was a time, because I started really early. And when I was in Virgin and I had just become a PT, like, I remember Nikki Price. If, Nikki listens to these podcasts, actually. So Nikki was super, super strong. And this isn't blowing my own trumpet, but like amongst the PTs, I was known as like the strong girl there, Um, you know, and I used to do heavy deadlifts and whatever. And it almost became like in that very small gym. So literally, literally big fish, little pond, (laughs) the teeniest of all ponds. It was a puddle. Mm. Um, But that was like my thing. And because I was young, it was like, no, this is my thing. Like, I'm really I'm like the strong fitness girl like people ask me for fitness advice like that was my thing but when you're in your early 20s like that's so important now it's not (laughs) um but it was hard when I eventually stopped chasing those numbers to let go of that like Sasha's a strong one because I'm I don't get wrong there's certain things that I'm really strong at now but there's certain things that I'm 
not good at at all like pressing um and it is hard it is hard to let go but it's also important to to stop when something's no longer serving you anymore you know and it wasn't and it just got to the point where I was just like this isn't this isn't this isn't me anymore this is just something that it just doesn't feel right anymore and obviously the minute you admit that to yourself it's like it's really hard to unsee that thought and it's really hard to unhear it I think that's what we say a lot don't we around like being in our 30s now it's that realization of um the identity thing of how you appear to other people doesn't matter whereas when you're younger you get a little bit absorbed in it and you, you can't help it I think it's just the way it is mm-hmm. um and don't get me wrong as well that was maybe just when we were 20 because I've got some clients who are in the mid-20s now and they're well more switched on than than yeah. I regards to their their health and fitness and yeah um, I think it is it's a difficult it's a difficult conversation to have with yourself but when you do it opens up this whole new meaning to who am I doing this for why am I doing it yeah brings so much more fulfillment everything with that as well yeah absolutely and when it when it's something that's really tough and it's you know proper strength when you're doing like you know you you look at your program and it's just five five three three one one of deadlift and that's it and you know that those ones are going to be like rpe like nine yeah um then it's like you think about that for the whole morning and you know that it will you'll probably feel like shit in the evening mm-hmm. and like my client Irfan he said to me the other day because we did some heavy-ish deadlifts and he's not done them for a while and he said he said oh I, in a few hours I'm going to feel a bit tired just because he knew that that's the kind of thing you get from it and you know he's got a busy job which is why we don't where well, he comes at lunchtime and he's got you know a very important busy job so that me fatiguing him is so so bad because he then has meetings with clients and stuff all day and he can't function so which is why we just do like little bits of strength and aero stuff which is when you I think when you think back to your 20s it's like doesn't really matter because maybe you don't have as a high demand career or maybe as many responsibilities yeah so you're not really asked if you're a little bit sore and if anything I think um I definitely did used exercises like that adrenaline that cortisol life was very like do you know what I mean just it's like it's like transitions from uni to like working it's like you go out from like drinking loads and like like all those intense like the last semester of uni and all that stuff and straight into working like if you get if you get a job straight away and it's like ah crazy crazy it's like yeah it's it's funny it is isn't it and it's like what that's to be fair he realized that on his own because we've been doing this for so long but like that is a conversation that you have with the client if they want to go down this road of like absolute strength or um endurance or you know if they want to be fast if they want to do sprinting if they want to do crossfit style like that actual like fitness whatever training then it's like oh what do you do for a living oh I'm a, a solicitor oh when are you going to train oh in the morning oh um you work till seven seven so yeah when, when do you start eight when do you finish probably about seven. Oh, um uh <laughs> <laughs> but you want what kind of training do you want to do oh you know I want to push for this CrossFit thing okay so some days you're gonna have to do towards comp or whatever some days you might have to do like two a day so when are you going to do that oh, but you're doing high intensity, so you're not going to be able to function and you need to eat of it. It's like... And the, the challenge with that as well is a lot of people in that CrossFit sort of environment, it's like they go to those classes because they want to not think. Yeah, so they want my, they want my, which... Because their job is so long yeah. and time to think about their own stuff, whereas it's like, um, is the dose appropriate for the symptoms? Yeah. So it's like... Not necessarily. It's like that person is overly stressed, um, burnt out. Yeah, stressor uh, on top of a stressor. Struggling for time. And it's like, there we go. Let's give you more um, of that. And it's like, no, the the, the, the polar opposite. But it's um, it's difficult because I, I understand, I totally understand that yeah. I want to think for myself thing. Um, really, really get it. I don't want to think for myself. Sorry, I want somebody else to do it. Mm. But it, the, the more you know, the more you'll be like, oh, so me just going to anything isn't actually helpful. No. 
that is really tough and, and you know what obviously as everyone knows that I've worked in a CrossFit gym have done for a long time but it only takes speaking to some of the people that have done it in an extreme way and are you know late 30s early 40s they'll tell you yeah they'll tell you because they know and you know and then they don't regret it but now they do they obviously still do the classes maybe they do one when they don't have important meetings or they do a little bit less or they do their own thing one at one out of four or whatever it's like if that's something that you want to think about like all you got to do is ask the people that have done it they'll tell you they'll tell you that you know they I know people from the gym that have a little giggle when they think about what they used to do you know um well look at look at my coach Mass. that's what he used to do and now he's like oh god what, what was I doing but we've all been there and basically the, the lesson from that is when you finish your session unless unless you're training for an event which you're just gonna have to you know get on with it sometimes when you go to work how do you feel because like on so on my client um clients sometimes if they're doing like an aero day afterwards I'll feel like I'll just put the words like just remember this is supposed to energize you not fatigue you that's mm-hmm. how that's how you should decide this pace and even if I put the pace sometimes I'm like, oh yeah I felt like I could just go faster and it's like okay how did you feel at 3 p.m oh I don't know because I was asleep <laughs> oh, yeah, I was dreaming about this uh... <laughs> and it's like yeah it's supposed to energize you you're supposed to leave feeling like uh, Gemma said this to me the other day my client she she does her like rowing aero stuff on a Thursday and she says she feels like it just gets her set up for the day and that's what it should do it shouldn't be like oh my god yeah I was like I waddled home and then I was like oh god and then I was craving loads of sugar because that's what I was burning because it wasn't what I was supposed to do and then the whole day I just wanted sweets and it's like and in the in the same breath of strength, which is what we're talking about, mm. there'll be people who do the same, won't they? Where they'll go to a session yeah, and yeah. lift as heavy as they can in absolutely everything with the perp and stay as long as they can in the gym with the purpose of burning out their muscles to a point of pure exhaustion. It's like then the next day, and this is a regular thing, by the way, the next day they can't walk yeah. every single time. And it's like, mm. <laughs> it's like, um, it, what are you, well, it's just what are you, what are, what are you chasing it's weird isn't it it's really strange and again it's that it's that elusive feeling that everyone talks about it's the feeling I like it's the feeling and oh, it's I like, just love that feeling like that fucking feeling I'm gonna bottle it and put a warning label on it <laughs> that feeling is cocaine really? <laughs> that's class a drug um I'll just say this is for something that Gemma said to me the other day as well Gemma's um I've been putting her on my story recently we've been working together for I think it's nine nine months now um incredibly strong we I said to her like we just she was like oh god this is you know I'm getting really strong and I was like yeah it is what we've been doing you know this is this is eventually what would happen and it was great and we were both super happy with it but she said I haven't had doms for months and she trains Monday strength, Tuesday strength, Thursday arrow, Sunday strength every yeah. week. Everyone and she does some fine. decent numbers. She's doing yeah. reverse lunges with 20 kilos in each hand. No bother. She's pressing the 20 kilo dumbbells, uh, almost at 100 kilo deadlifts for reps. And why, um, why is that she's not getting doms? Because she's recovering and it, everything that she's doing is within her capabilities. Maybe a little bit more, but the volume set out to what she can do it's not too much it's not too little she's going to bed um she's managing her stress she's eating enough um instead of you um like proper i don't know increasing everything all at once and make creating doms which it would you're mm-hmm. just in the dial right yeah i don't want her i don't she's got an important job i don't want her to have doms yeah so you and just she walks so she's got a dog kind of- prodding her forward just slightly every little bit at a time and sometimes I don't even do that sometimes I'll put in her sessions for the next week and it's the same and I'll just put the word refine so she just I want you to do exactly what you did last week there's no pressure of going more just do the same thing just refine it Mm -hmm. and she'll do it and it and it's fine and then if she's having a really good week and she's like oh I just I did those three sets of eight 
um, Romanian deadlifts at fucking whatever she's doing, 75 kilos. And um, yeah, they, uh, I felt like I could maybe do 10 or 12. And I'm like, there you go. That's when you push it a little bit. But you don't push. Oh, yeah, I had maybe one more rep in me. Oh, yeah, do that one rep. It's like, no, <laughs> no don't yeah. do the rep. Because that yeah. could be the difference between you feeling good and progressing in the long term. Um, and I think what's what's good about um, that is, like, I had my client Claire the other day, and I had her doing some uh, landmine Romanian deadlifts. Oh, yeah. Oh, nice. For the first time. And she said, ah, I, I knew that she said it was really busy in the gym. Yeah. I put the weight on. And I went too heavy, but it was too busy for me to change it. So I just oh, went right. And she said, but I know about it today. My back's really sore. And I yeah. said, you know what, though? that's a great lesson. There you go, yeah. And like, even though it didn't go right, you had to have maybe an extra day off recovering because your back was a bit sore. That's taught you a greater lesson than maybe anything else because you won't do that with any, not only that, but also other, other exercises in the gym. You'll exactly. go, it's worth me maybe doing a rep and going, shit, that was too heavy. Let me quickly scale down and taking the time with it rather than rushing it and then going, God, I have four days off training because of my bloody back. Like that's a good lesson in itself. It's a great um, lesson. It's a great lesson. Um, it's like, like we were saying about focusing on numbers. It's like she you know was focusing on that number and then she didn't want to go she didn't have time or the gym was busy she didn't want to change it it's like sometimes we need to go by what feels yeah. good forget about the number yeah, forget about it exactly yeah. full circle back to the, what we said at the beginning of the podcast. yeah like, literally what does it feel like it's yeah. like um andreas he's doing um my client he's doing building up to a 10k row and on sundays he's got some like long um rowing interval so he's doing 15 minutes on three to five minutes off times four which for a lot of people is like fuck that I don't want to do that but he's he's training for a 10k that's just what it is um and he was getting so caught up in his heart rate which I've fell down that um I've done that so many times where you're looking at your heart rate like oh it's too high I need to and then that makes your heart rate higher because you're worrying about your heart rate and you're like oh no and um it's what you fall into when you're focusing on that stuff and then on the last one I didn't say this but he said oh on the first interval I really messed it up because I was focusing too much on the heart rate and I was watching it and on the last three intervals I just flipped my phone over and I just didn't look at it and the last three were perfect yeah it's how do you feel it is hard it's really hard like not to get trapped up in certain things because there is a uh, a little bit of a like security blanket yeah. and they are useful in the in a certain moment it's exactly what I've said to you before but about, about like my beliefs around my fitness pal yeah I think people that can be really helpful because they like educate what's in stuff like they give a good understanding to start with like mm-hmm. that build up but there does come a point where it's like are you hungry do you feel full do you like did you enjoy that food because that that's not going to tell you that in the app like we said if you just like mashing up chicken breast three times a day, it's like, well, now that's not enjoyable. Yeah, you might be hitting the numbers, but are you actually enjoying yeah. it? It goes for fitness. It's like, yeah. you might be hitting the numbers, but how do you feel in yourself? Um, because that's the true reflection of if you're making good progress Yeah. in every sense. Exactly. And to follow the number, like we were talking about body autonomy, it's like, if you are dieting and you are using my fitness pal and then you get to the end of the day and you've got 300 calories left and but you don't feel hungry and then you go search for something that's got 300 calories in it's like how the fuck did we get here <laughs> what are you doing yeah oh, i've got um oh, i've got 40 grams of carbs left what's got 40 grams of carbs and no fat and no protein then you're just people just eating like fucking plain rice cake just to get the carbohydrates in like yeah that is the opposite of body autonomy it's the opposite it's like how do you ever expect to get to a place where you can respect hunger cues and and um regulate your appetite and know you know when you're hungry when you're not and and eat foods that nourish you whatever if you're looking for 40 grams of carbs at 10 p.m what's going on yeah (laughs) and and the difference isn't there in regards to goals like what we said last week on the pod which is if you've got a certain goal to hit you might have to get on board with the fact that doing that lift is going to make you a little bit sore and it's not going to feel comfortable. For mm-hmm. example, like it's, it's going to be feel, gross. Yeah. It's going to be great. Like you said, with your client, like you're going to go into the rest of the day feeling a bit frazzled. Fuzzy. 
same with like if you're doing a bodybuilding competition and you diet in aggressively maybe that the fact that you need to hit that carb number is essential yes of course yeah yeah and it's like and it's 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 um all like very specific to your individual goal but if you're just wanting to be fitter healthier more in general yeah then you don't need to be stressing about but my heartbeat jumped by two it's like yeah. it's oh I, I was I love I, I missed out on I was seven calories over like you just realize you had seven calories left that's why your heartbeat jumped <laughs> 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 oh that's funny um good okay. part should we yeah should we done that should we, uh, let's wrap it up um let's wrap it up before you go before you go don't forget to uh give us a share let us know what your thoughts on the pod um we're having a little bit of a rebrand um, yeah we've got someone on it some more little video clips and stuff so if you find anything engaging like you've liked anything from this pod let us know and um we'll make sure that we share a little snippet maybe with everyone on socials so that yes, they please do please do and i know we say we should say this at the beginning and it, it's at the end but please do help <laughs> help us we're just two we're just two 30 year old fitness women guys we're just trying to make a living right guys even though we don't get paid for this energy prices going up (laughs) can you donate (laughs) and jess um it's like them donkey appeals you see the video donkey appeals donkeys trying to get up the hill and it and it's too hard me and Sasha uh, <laughs> is going up the hill, feeling really sad for ourselves. The hill is the fitness industry. Yes. And Jess and I are donkeys. Yeah. Just right but and our feet hurt and the sun's feet being done. <laughs> My mouth's dry AF. I'm sick of eating hay. I'm sick of eating Keeping hay. In a calorie deficit. <laughs> <laughs> We're just climbing the, the industry hill, guys. Help us. So yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, what should we call should we call this podcast um programming with Peggy or something? Programming with Peggy or <laughs> <just> Donkey. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Okay. Remember cool. that song put a donk on it? Can you remember that? Yeah. That just came into my head. The, we should call it something like Peggy's Donkey. <laughs> Everyone be like, what the, fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> guys, you have to listen, then you'll understand. Yeah. <laughs> inside, inside joke yeah inside joke right guys thanks so okay. much speak to you all soon we'll see bye. you for episode 45 bye 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 <laughs>